We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Colm Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to another College to Canton podcast. Uh, it is, of course, the perfect show for any and every single one of you college football and NFL fans. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. And I am joined once again by my co-host, Stefan Laco. You can find him at Stefan Laco on Twitter. That's L-A-K-O. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, the College to Canton podcast always talks about the journey of the best football players in the world from recruits to, to college to early pro career all the way to whether they should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And uh, we always, you know, look through things, uh, you know, really at, through a fantasy football lens here for you guys since this is on Rovis Radio. But we always make sure to, you know, mix in some real football analysis in there as well. Uh, but we have to uh, you know, we normally talk a lot of college, a lot of NFL draft, especially this time of year. But given all of the free agency madness that has been going on here lately in the NFL, creating what seems to be the in, most insane NFL offseason in the history of the game. I don't know. It's just it's been nuts to see all the franchise players moving here and there all over. Players at near the end of their careers going to new places, even younger guys uh, swapping teams that we thought would stay where they were. Uh, players returning on franchise tags that we thought were sure things to be gone. Just about everything that could possibly be, be you know, just about unpredictable uh, has happened in this free agency already. But uh, so yeah, we're going to break some break down some of that. Uh, what it means for your fantasy football teams, what it means for these players and their careers and their trajectory to the Hall of Fame, just for kicks and giggles. Uh, but yeah, Stefan, 
Glad to be back on the show with you after a week off. Yeah, man, it's always good. And I don't think it's hyperbole to say that this is like the most crazy offseason we've seen from a volume oh, yeah. perspective, let alone, I mean, not volume as in like the number of players, but the number of high quality players, the number of difference makers. Like we've never seen this before. And uh, I remember when there was one big quarterback move and that was the story of the offseason. I feel like we're just getting hit back to back to back. Brady retires. Brady's back. You know, we've got Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, even Kirk Cousins resigning. I mean, there's just so much. And these are like difference making moves. Like these aren't just like random players moving. These are like we we are shaking up the entire league with these changes, both AFC, NFC, different conferences. I mean, the AFC West right now is insane it's just fun i love it uh, a completely new landscape going into next season it's it's really fun yeah man i don't even know what to make of it all like when i when i go down the list of all the players in the new places uh it's hard to even predict what it all means for fantasy football so we just want to kind of break it down a little bit player by player situation by situation team by team uh and really just Hopefully, I give you guys some nuggets to take away and uh, use in trades for your dynasty fantasy football leagues and, and really really just make some plans uh, to help your teams get better. Uh, or maybe just, you know, talk about some of your favorite players on your favorite teams. So, really, I think we have to kick off with quarterback. Uh, I know a lot of people have been talking about Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, and so many quarterbacks that have been changing. But I just want to break it down. Uh, piece by piece here, kicking it back off to because uh, it's almost like it's been like a week and a half or something, and people have already kind of forgotten Russell Wilson is in is in Denver. Like, <laughs> like uh, you know, it, it, he's not the latest uh, hype machine. So uh, I do want to break that down a little bit because um, as as we look at the receiving options there, what that means for them, the running back options there. Um, yeah, I think that that completely changes that offense. And you mentioned how stacked that whole division is, uh, and you're in in the area now, so uh, you're probably going to adopt the uh, the Broncos. So, <laughs> what do we make of? Um, I know we spent a little bit of time on this before, but since like Melvin Gordon is not really coming back at this point, Javante Williams, how does this affect him? Uh, considering he's like at this point like a consensus first round startup pick for many people. I think that's absolutely correct. I anticipate this offense scores more. Uh, I believe uh, in the first three weeks of the season last year, they scored over 23 points in each of their first three games. The Broncos did not hit that number again, but two or three more times the rest of the way. Their offense was not scoring many points, uh, and that doesn't even include <laughs> defensive touchdowns, which they did, did a few of those too. So uh, Russell Wilson coming over, increases the touchdown possibility alone for 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 Javante. Now you have Melvin Gordon likely uh, not coming back. Now I do think Denver's going to pick up some help somewhere, but I think this is going to be his backfield. We know, I mean, listen, Russell Wilson made Chris Carson a receiving back. Let's not forget that. I mean, I love Chris Carson. You know this. Yeah. Um but that was never his game. I think Javante who does have a nice um ability to be uh, relevant in the passing game as well as Noah Fant being gone I think we're going to see an awful lot of production from Javante in this offense yeah and, and I do think uh, Albert Okoy Bunham does see an uptick wow in 
And what? Nice. I'm very impressed. I mean, I think we're done. That was a great show. We're done. That was you. You nailed it. The pronunciation of his name. Uh, you know, it's funny. Like he was my tight end one for his class back in the day. Like maybe Missouri, right? Four. Yeah, because he was scoring touchdowns like crazy, and um, you know, it was a lot of schemed open stuff there. I'm excited. I'm excited for him. Red zone play, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I I don't know if he gets up to the 90 target mark that we just saw Fant get to, but I think he takes up some of that. But even if he does and takes up some some near uh, Fant type role, uh, Javante Williams actually already had 53 targets last year. And, uh, you know, with, without Melvin Gordon there, unless they bring in a super heavy receiving back uh, in super annoying fashion, a la, you know, J.D. McKissick with Antonio Gibson for the Commanders, that would be really terrible. But if they, if they don't do that, I could see Williams getting 60, 70, maybe even close to 80 targets out of the backfield. And, and that would be a huge factor for him. And so he's still, what, age 22 right now? And so... Yeah, he's he's young. He's in a situation where he could feature, and he's got a better quarterback. Yeah, Javante Williams. Uh, more and more mock drafts, I'm seeing him go as a consensus first round pick, and I'm loving it because uh, I got him in like round 51 of a Devi league two or three, two or three years ago. So yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> of course, I'm enjoying this. My, yes. The one question I have is with Hackett being the new head coach here in Denver, and just him coming from Green Bay. Just curious. We've seen how Green Bay um, has. They never really unleashed Aaron Jones the way we maybe wanted them to when A.J. Dillon became a wow. factor. And even before then, uh, they had, what's his, um, William. Williams. Yeah, Williams as well. Yeah. So I, I, is that a Hackett thing or was that, you know, a head coach thing and the offensive coordinator just did what he did? Like with it's his, really hard to tell. Right, with right. But I'm curious. The, yeah, I think that's a, that's a legit question because of all the moving pieces and, and with these NFL franchises. It's really hard to tell. Uh, who's really making that uh, a part of the offense? And uh, but yeah, I'm not really too worried. Well, uh, right. I think he- as, as I listened back to what I said, um, if if Javante becomes Aaron Jones, no one's complaining. I think we're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, we're all good. If he's we're Aaron good. Jones, he's still a running back one, and he's fantastic. So. <laughs> yeah. Case but, in point. I'm I'm done talking. But for the wide receivers, though, um, who are you banking on out out of that bunch to be? I mean, because the you know, different players have missed time. Uh, like I think the guy who really, you know, if you look at who Russell Wilson likes to target, he likes that big outside guy. I mean, he targeted DK Metcalf. So maybe that's Cortland Sutton, but he really loves that Tyler Lockett type. The, Doug the Baldwin that, type. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Who creates his own uh, kind of separation. So that's like a Jerry Judy. Uh, but mm-hmm. then, you know, I, I'm not really sure. So who would be your bet, best bet to be the highest upside wide receiver for them? The the highest upside for me is is Jerry Judy. Um, even just listening to like talk radio around here now, there is an expectation that Judy uh, becomes who he was drafted to be. Remember, he was drafted earlier than any of these other guys. Oh, yeah. But the the guy that I'm going to be grabbing late um, is, is Tim Patrick. Uh, Denver just signed him to a pretty lucrative deal. Really um, gave him good wide receiver money, and I think this offense, uh, like when Peyton Manning came here. Um, many moons ago, uh, it's going to be able to, it's going to be able to support three wide receivers and, and Tim Patrick, we saw what he did. Um, once there was a bunch of injuries in the room last year, he was able to produce as a, as a high end wide receiver too. Uh, I, I think that the, the, the ceiling is there for him. And I think there will be a floor. 
Uh, Tim Patrick, because he'll be so much cheaper than the other two, is a guy that I'm going to have a, on a lot of uh, redraft leagues uh, and trying to acquire him for cheap um, right now in Dynasty. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like a plan uh, to me. We really haven't even talked about the guy who in the new situation, like Russell Wilson. I know uh, people want to talk about uh, you know how he can be frustrating, and he has been a couple of times in the fantasy football playoffs. Uh, but he's still got a super high percentage of the time where he is a, a quarterback one. So how long do we think that Russell Wilson stays in that quarterback one discussion in this new, uh, new you know scenario with, with completely new young core of, of playmakers? And um, this could be a resurgence, or he could just kind of flatline because you know it's Denver and they like to run too. <laughs> oh, I I think Russell Wilson is going to remind us of what he looked like uh two three years ago i think people forget uh or maybe they don't but uh, he had that pretty significant injury he came back way too soon last year so yeah he didn't miss many games but he was not himself and i think the other thing that seattle uh kind of prevented him from doing was run the ball himself i think we'll see more of that with hackett i think he's going to be a little bit more mobile um well as far as it relates to fantasy football he's so plenty mobile he just always throws the ball um i also think having this talented now don't get me wrong dk and tyler lockett are, are great but there was never really a, a a great wide receiver three there um i i think with tim patrick there uh kj hamler there as well i mean this is just such a deep deep wide receiver i think what russell wilson is 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 gonna have some of his uh, best fantasy years are are these next two ones coming up uh, in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to another, another team. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think, I think that would be, I'm also huge. a, I'm also a Russell Wilson stand. So, I mean, take it with a yeah. grain of salt. Yeah. Being, being a guy that also rooted for the, the Seahawks, but yeah, no, I think, I think it's rational to assume that he is going to maintain a certain level of a top, top notch play if healthy. And I, I think he's going to as well, but Deshaun Watson, um, I don't really, I, I hate this conversation, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't even know how to approach it without sounding either like I'm being completely insensitive uh, or or the other way around, like I'm overreacting. You know, I, I, I don't know where to land here. Because, like, on the one hand, um, it really seems like he's super guilty. <laughs> and we probably uh, should believe that he is. Uh, but also, uh, there wasn't barely enough to actually bring it to trial. I don't even want to touch right. it. You know, I would rather just kind of talk about the implications of what, what it's going to look like if it is that he's not penalized by the league and, um, and what it means for his future. Cause I, I mean, I, I don't have any Deshaun Watson and I haven't for a while now, partly because I don't want to roster that kind of player anyway, but I know some people listening still have him on their fantasy rosters. I've got him in. So. A, I have him in about 12, uh, 12 to 15% of my leagues. So yeah, not nothing. So what do you, you, since I am not invested whatsoever <laughs> into, so, into Deshaun Watson, like what are you doing with him? Because new situation, they bring in some weapons. Yeah, he's got Amari Cooper. That's cool. Uh, is he just going to slide in after a year off and like just be an elite quarterback one right away? Yeah, I I really think so. And I think uh, just to to kind of bring it around here. I mean, we're not a we're not a political podcast. We're not right. a legal podcast. We're a fantasy football right. slash I'm not qualified. college. I'm not qualified. <laughs> so, so we're just going to talk about that aspect of it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm a, 
Well, I don't actually. We don't have to get. And never, never mind. Doesn't matter. All, all I want to say is I think Deshaun Watson steps right back into being an elite quarterback. I think he's going to produce. Um, I think he's going to put up big numbers in Cleveland. I really do. Uh, I think the addition of Amari Cooper. Now we we have to say like Odell Beckham obviously left last year. Jarvis Landry, um, as of this recording, I do not believe has signed yet. So we yeah. don't really know what they're at Higgins. Even Rashad Higgins is gone. I'm pretty sure. So we're we're talking about uh, Amari Cooper and who? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they add a little bit of um, substance in the draft. But Deshaun Watson, he only needs one guy. We saw what he was doing in Houston. Um, so <laughs> I, I think I think he'll be I think he'll be just fine, even if it's just him and Amari. Honestly, I think so too. And and because Amari is an, a new name that I definitely wanted to get to in this kind of free agency uh, madness that's been going on. Uh, what do you think this means for him? Like I think. Yes, Dak Prescott is a fantastic quarterback, but Dallas had done done their darndest to uh, surround Amari Cooper with other wide receiver weapons that were sapping targets from him, limiting uh, his his upside really in many ways, like they're, or at least co- contributing to, I guess, the, the stereotype of of him being like this boom bust kind of wide receiver. So can he evade that in in, in Cleveland and just finally have like you know the 150 targets? and consistent floor and never have those kind of full-on bust, bust, bust weeks? See, if, if Amari Cooper was there with Baker, I'd be worried. Uh, but the fact that Deshaun is there, and, and we've seen Deshaun uh, target his alpha wide receiver, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, I, I think Amari Cooper's going to feast. I think we're going to see uh, much... I think, to, uh, to me, Amari Cooper is stocked up from leaving Dallas. Uh, because, to your point... They there's not a CD Lamb there. It's gonna be it's gonna be Amari Cooper's show, and uh, I think uh, he and Watson will will. I mean, maybe maybe it will take a couple weeks. Maybe they're off to a slow start. Um, to your point, Deshaun Watson was sitting out a year. They've never played together, so so maybe there's a little bit of a need for some familiarity, um, especially with one fewer preseason game. But I I, I think once we get into the midseason, uh, they're gonna be clicking on all cylinders, and you're gonna be happy to have them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. And it's funny when this is the College of the Kenton show. And if we really look at the resume and the, and the career pace of a lot of different wide receivers, it's very rare that you see a player even get close to kind of averaging, you know, a thousand wide receiver, you know, a thousand receiving yards per year. Like it took it took forever for even guys like uh, Devontae Adams to get to the point where he was averaging a thousand yards per season. And Amari Cooper's not quite there, but he's almost in that range. And uh, so I, I think, uh, actually, wait, no, no, he has, he is right there, actually, just barely, I believe. So um, he's kind of on that, that that in that elite tier of production. Like if he sticks around, um, he would have like a, a longevity argument <laughs> eventually that he might make it to the Hall of Fame. And I know it sounds crazy con- considering how much fantasy people have hated on Amari Cooper from time to time. Because, you know, if you're not like a top three player at your position constantly, you suck at, at football, uh, according to uh, most casual fans. No, no, that's right. Um, I think that's correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> so that's accurate. You absolutely suck if you're not top three. That That's especially true for quarterbacks. Right. Oh, my gosh, don't even get me started. Um, but Mari's been incredibly solid throughout his career. So I think if he gets back to that 100 plus, um, you know, not 100 plus, but like 130 plus targets in that range and this is 
situation. I think we could see a resurgence and him get right back on track uh, to, you know, potentially actually having a, a Hall of Fame resume, which is kind of, I, I know that a lot of people think, oh, no, the Hall of Fame's only reserved for it. Yeah, look, you, you need certain raw thresholds. Hall of Fame board, they don't really care. If you just get up to certain raw thresholds, they get you in. That's just how it goes. If you look at it, that's how it goes. So I hope that that he continues to just smash because I've always been a huge Mari Cooper fan, even dating back to his Alabama days. I should hate him because I'm an Auburn fan, but I don't. <laughs> I, I think to your point too, um, like while their their play on the field looks very different, I think it's similar to like how Mike Evans has always been viewed as this boomer bust guy um, because mm-hmm. he has his monster games and all of a sudden he disappears for a minute. But like he's another guy who's just putting up thousand yard after thousand yard season and yeah. You look up right. and you're like, oh, man, this guy's actually much more, maybe not game to game, but season to season, there's a level of consistency that mm-hmm. uh, you, you need to respect that. Oh, you, you have to. And the people that are questioning him at all, like the 2014 uh, wide receiver class, absolutely stacked. Uh, one of the best of all time. And he's the best wide receiver from that class and the most productive mm-hmm. wide receiver from that class. Already close to 10,000 receiving yards. So, again, don't even get me started on that because he – He's he's gonna coast like if he stays healthy at all for like three more years, he's gonna just coast into the Hall of Fame. But uh, good to see that you're on the same page with Amari Cooper. I think if I'm, if I'm looking to acquire uh, Amari Cooper right now, like I, I'm okay moving off of like you know the, the golden untouchable 23, uh, 2023 first kind of picks for him. Like not multiple ones, but I, I would look and fish for you know moving off my twenty twenty three first, if, especially if I'm a contending team like what would be your price tag if you were trying to acquire amari cooper oof you know it's it's interesting i haven't actually done any drafting yet um which for some people like yeah obviously the season is just ended and for other people like what i've already in my fourth debbie league <laughs> you know like people are all over the place but uh so that's so that's a tough one um yeah i think if i have a back half of the first round pick i'm happily moving that for for amari um, maybe even yeah, beyond seven, one seven and beyond, I would happily move that for Amari. But there's a couple of guys that I, I might want just because they're exciting and I do like rookies. But <laughs> um, yeah. Well, what about like 2023 picks? You moving off that too? Uh, I mean, I think the 2023 picks they're a year out, so they lose value. But uh, we're expecting it to be a better draft class, so there's that bump on that end. Um. Yeah, I mean, if I'm in, a, if I'm a contender, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm the type of dude. If I'm a contender, I'll sell uh, to acquire assets to win now because you never know what's gonna happen in the future anyway. If I have a championship window, I'll, I'll pull a Rams situation and go all in. Nice. So yeah, 2023 for sure. Yeah, I like it too because I mean, I, I like that 2023 class and it is fantastic. But I also like winning and I like fantasy points. Uh, but after, after I say this, I'm probably gonna try to go trade Amari Cooper uh, where I do have him anyway. Just oh, trade him to me. Just, I'll give you my 2023. I, I will. In fact, you know what? In, in Heisman to Hallis, let's, let's talk business right after this. Okay. Right after the it. show. Let's, let's do it. I think we just did it. I'm giving you a t- my 2023 <laughs> first and my team is going to be so crap that you're going to no be, worries. it's going to be a high pick. You're going to be happy with this. There we go. There we go. Lock it up. Uh, but <laughs> let's, let's get back to quarterback. I know Deshaun Watson. I think I, I, I'm right there with you. He's going to be, he's going to be elite right right away and it's going to tick off the people that don't want to see him succeed at this point and which we uh, understand I, completely i absolutely understand completely but uh matty ice man uh it's gonna be really 
odd seeing him in Indianapolis Colt blue. Uh, and this is what the seventh quarterback, seventh season in a row, something, something like that. The, the Colts have had a different uh, week one starter. I think that's right. Has it's Andrew Luck been gone long. that long? Wow. Oh, Andrew, I know. It's bizarre. It's crazy. Thinking about how long Andrew Luck has been I'm gone. But so old. <laughs> oh, Aren't we all? Aren't yeah. we all? But Matt, Matt Ryan, uh, another guy who uh, I'm not I'm not saying everybody deserves to be on in the Hall of Fame, but you know, it's gonna be funny. Like there are gonna be some really red hot debates about him when it when it's all said and done because he's gonna have all the the, the career totals that you want. And then he's got one MVP season. Uh, it will be interesting to see how he rounds out his career uh, in Indianapolis and see how long he actually lasts there. Hopefully longer than most of the quarterbacks mm-hmm. that have gone to Indianapolis. Hopefully it's better than uh, the ghost of Phillip Rivers that we just saw uh, go and play there. And he wasn't terrible. He just was not himself. Uh, but Matt Ryan, I mean, he didn't have anybody besides Kyle Pitts this past year to target. And uh, basically only targeted him, you know, I guess Russell Gage, if you like him, uh, uh, Z- Zacchaeus, maybe, you know, like Cord- right. Cordero Patterson, who was a running back slash wide receiver. I, I don't know. Uh, they clearly had no interest in winning games last year. Uh, and, and it's been a bit since we've seen elite numbers out of Matt Ryan. Uh, but he's the perfect quarterback that I like to target in most of my dynasty leagues because He's about to, uh, we never know when he's going to ride off into the sunset. But realistically, given the quarterbacks uh, and how they've been playing and how they've been lasting in recent years, he could have three more seasons, four more seasons. Heck, I mean, seriously, if he's not terrible. Uh, so, what are you doing with Matt Ryan? Because I know I am looking and fishing around to see if I can buy and add a true veteran starter uh, that I can pair and stack with, um, you know, Pittman Jr. or, or even you know, cheaper options there in Indy. Oh, I like that idea. I actually hadn't really thought about it in those terms. I viewed this as a uh, man. Atlanta's offense looks terrifying right now. Um, like even Russell Gage is gone. Matt Ryan is <laughs> yeah. gone. I mean, yeah, they brought in Damian Williams, but uh, hello. So, um, and, and from the Indianapolis perspective, I thought, Oh, I think this is a boost for, for Jonathan Taylor. Like they're going to have to respect the passing game. They're not going to be able to stack, you know, nine in the box or whatever. I think it's good for the receivers there. I hadn't really thought of it from a Matt Ryan perspective, um, but I like your your thinking here because people want the young hot newness. You know, they don't oh, want the old grizzled vet. But but <laughs> yeah. but you know, Matt Ryan um, is going to put up good numbers. You know, back end QB one numbers. Like he'll probably finish the year what QB seven. Um, yeah, that's worth a lot, especially in a super flex league. And um, I mean, I'm not really thinking through that. He's probably more like QB nine, but um, but still, he's going to be someone worth starting on a week in, week out basis. And the ceiling, um, like you said, he's a former MVP quarterback. Like we know, he can sling it. Um, he he had a really rough hand dealt to him last year. With uh, to your point, like when 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 Ridley left for personal reasons, there wasn't much much going for that offense. So no. yeah, I I like your strategy there. I have a few shares of Matt Ryan and. You know, it wouldn't take that much before we haven't had this conversation. It wouldn't take that much, you know, in a trade to move him uh, if I just thought about it off the top of my head. So I think it's a really good strategy to 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 maybe target someone like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if and it's funny, like when you look at back at his entire career, the worst that he's ever finished on the season was quarterback 19. And that was back in 2009 in his second season. Like, yes, last year he was quarterback 17, but he it was 
obviously a, a year where he had fewer weapons than he's ever had. Uh, but for the majority of his career, he's been in between quarterback seven and quarterback 12. Like that is uh, all but like four of his career seasons. Uh, he's been in that seven to 12 range. Like he's a back end quarterback one and week to week, he does you well uh, pretty much all the time. Like every single season, he's like 40% or more, closer to 50% even, uh, finishing as a quarterback one for you. And uh, yes, yeah. he's not going to add a bunch of rush, rushing upside, which people are addicted to. I myself can, uh, am probably too addicted to uh, the rushing aspect of the quarterback position in the modern NFL. Uh, but, you know, he does enough to uh, avoid sacks and, and, and add – uh, solid yardage totals and solid touchdown totals, uh, which are, you know have has him ri- rising into basically the top ten of all time in most relevant st- you know statistical categories for the position. So I'm all over uh, looking to acquire him, and I do think this helps um, you know Jonathan Taylor maybe perhaps get a few more receptions this year, um, and, and also just boost the entire offense in, in general. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about that that landing spot. I, outside of that, though, with the quarterbacks, like when I was going through the, the the new new faces, new names, and new places, like this is Carson Wentz's third stop in how many years uh, yeah. with the Commanders. Uh, so I I would love to see him succeed there because I have a couple <laughs> couple shares of of Wentz on teams here and there, um, but I. Before we dive into how this affects his skill position players, uh, do we really think he sticks and works for the cam- commanders and is there for more than a year? Or is this just, you know, this is his last stop and then he's a career backup? Yeah, I wonder if he's like the new Fitzmagic, you know, but <laughs> like, if, <laughs> but just a lot young, a lot younger and earlier in his career where he's just like making stop after stop after stop, uh, just kind <laughs> of a, a, a spilling the gap until the next guy. Because that's certainly what he feels like, you know. Um, people are pretty quick to move on from him right right now, um, so you've got to ask yourself what that means. I think Washington, um, you know, they've got a really solid defense, and they think they have a, a few playmakers on offense that they think, you know, just someone who has some talent and has a year or part of a year of really almost MVP type numbers. Um, maybe he can do enough to make us playoff uh, relevant. And then once you get there, who knows? But I don't think they're hitching their franchise to him. You know, like, I think it's, yeah. uh, let's see what we can get. And we'll kind of play by ear as we move along. And uh, if he gets into the playoffs, yeah, maybe you resign. If he doesn't, yeah. well, you might have a pretty decent draft pick and you can move around and try to get one of these big guys that's coming out next year. Honestly, I think he sticks and I think it works with with Washington and and I know that he he does make some boneheaded plays from time to time but like are you familiar with like what's a good touchdown percentage or interception percentage in the in the, in the league interception percentage no so hit me with yeah. it okay so like what do you what do you think his touchdown percentage is like because I know you know like it, it, anything above of you know around four or above is like average if you get above five, it, that, that's what they call pretty uns, unsustainable. Uh, it, but what do you think his touchdown percentage is for his career? Yeah, I would say, I mean, he had those, the, the first couple of years were good. I, I would say it's about, I, it's probably higher than average. I'm going to go with like 5.3. 
So it's actually 4.7, but yeah, he had seven, his, his crazy peak year back, like when he was, uh, you know, with, with Philly in 2017, he, he actually on 7.5% of his pass attempts, Jeez, he was still yeah. touchdowns. It, it was crazy, but I know a lot of people ding him for his, his interceptions, but he actually, he's only had two seasons where he threw very many picks. Um, only two seasons where he threw more than seven interceptions in the entire season. His career interception percentage is actually below two, uh, which is actually really good. Like he's actually had a pretty good, yeah. good career passer rating. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we like to ding these passers that aren't in the Mahomes tier, but realistically, like he's still a top 20 quarterback probably in, in, in the league, like at least top 24 ish. And so I think he's going to stick as a back and quarterback two with that can absolutely boom. Uh, here and there for a quarterback one week. And so in su- Superflex Leagues, his ADP is dropping like crazy. It, and I think when he uh, got switched over to the Commanders, it, it went back up a little bit. But um, I have no problem fishing around to try to acquire him on the cheap just because a lot of people think, okay, he's going to be gone after a year or two. Um, and, yes, he's not super young anymore, but, you know, he's around 30 years old already somehow. But I, I don't I don't really care. I, I think he – just like guys like, you know, Kirk Cousins, other guys who just never actually get enough trade value uh, despite their actually quite decent production. I think that's where Wentz is. Um, and if you can actually stick with the commanders now, uh, that would be fantastic for the next few years. Yeah, the, the next one I want to talk about um, is my boy, Marcus Mariota, going to Atlanta. Um, you know, I, I, I'm an Oregon Ducks fan, so love Mariota. Um, but, um, I don't know. Um, what does Atlanta do in the draft? Do they try to fix that need this year or do they kind of tank this year and wait for a much more exciting quarterback class next year? I kind of think they might do the latter where they kind of tank. I don't know if there's any quarterback out there that they're going to want to pull the trigger on. What do you think? Man, it's it's funny. Like we we kid ourselves every single year and act like the NFL is not gonna ri- raise all these quarterbacks into the early first discussion. But like, it's how many weeks ago was it that Malik Willis was like, "Well, is he a first round quarterback, really?" And now it's like, "Oh yeah, could the Lions take him at two? Every single year this happens. Every year. And yeah. so Malik Willis is gonna go early first. Kenny Pickett. Probably going to sneak into early first. Matt Corral, Sam Howell, heck, Devin, Devin, we have we might have five first round quarterbacks again when it's all said and done, just because of how the NFL is just addicted to this, and it, you need to have a good quarterback. And uh, as a Titans fan, I, I would love to say that I'd be excited uh, for Marcus Mariota and the Falcons, but I think I know better at this point. Like for fantasy purposes, Marcus Mariota's resume is actually pretty decent. Cause he always adds some value with his legs um, and he's actually got some small sample uh, peak efficiency, but uh, he struggled with health way too much. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, and there's really no, there's no one to throw the ball to in Atlanta. No. And so uh, he's got worse weapons somehow than he was. Yeah, he's got Kyle like, Pitts. That's it. Yeah. It's just, and so man, like there's not a whole lot that makes me want to believe that he's actually going to be super fantasy viable even if they don't add draft help and the Falcons are, are situated in a spot where they could trade up if they needed to, or just take the best quarterback that get gets to them. Um, and lock so them you up do for, think they're going to address it in free. You think they're I going to think so. I think they're okay. going to, and they're probably going to add 
a, uh, a wide receiver in round two um, as well. So they'll probably add some help for that quarterback and um, go for the best player. Obviously, they probably prefer Malik Willis, but I don't think it even he even makes it to where the Falcons are currently situated. So lots of speculation surrounding that situation. But as a Titans fan, uh, I saw the best and the worst of Marcus Mariota, and he's right. not a starter in the NFL um, at this point. So, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and, and it stinks, but that's just kind of the reality of it. I, I, two other guys I think that are going to get replaced, quarterbacks in new, new spots. Mitchell Trubisky, I don't think there's any way he's the starter for the Steelers this year. Um, I think they try to situate themselves in a spot to somehow get Kenny Pickett. I think that'd be awesome for Kenny Pickett to stay play in his Pittsburgh. entire yeah. collegiate. Yeah, just to stay in Pittsburgh and stay and, and play in the exact same stadium. Yeah. Like just, just always play for his entire career, just play every single home game in the same stadium for, for college and the pros. That would be fantastic. Uh, Drew Locke, I think it's it's a joke. Like Seattle, they're – they're in a spot where they could take a quarterback, probably will take a quarterback as well, because Drew Locke's not a starter in the league either. So uh, definitely going to get replaced, if not this year, definitely next year. But yeah, most likely sure. this year, given that there's probably five quarterbacks who would be immediately better than Drew Locke, uh, even in a weaker quarterback draft. Um, but I, I do want to pivot back to how does when, like, are you trusting like Terry McCorn? or any other skill position player with That's Wentz a, at the helm for the commanders. See, I didn't trust them last year. You know, I was not, I had zero shares of the commanders. I have zero shares of the Washington football team. Like I have not yeah. had any of their players outside of maybe, I maybe one or two Logan Thomas. Um, but no, I, and, and to me, this isn't like a, a, a big confidence boost. I, I'm, I'm not all of a sudden thinking that McLaurin is who we all hoped he would be. Uh, I'm just kind of in a hmm, wait and see pattern, which means I'm not going to have any because they're going a little earlier than I'd like. So still not excited about them. Yeah. What do you think uh, that the peak year, uh, like season long finishes for like uh, Terry McLaurin, like wide receiver rank overall from last year or this no, upcoming just in year? general in his career in his three, three year career. What's his highest finish in terms of like wide receiver, what on the season? Um, didn't he have like a wide receiver? I'm gonna say 14. His best season is wide receiver 19. Oh, wow, yeah. So he's number, I mean, that's not bad, like, that's not bad, obviously. It's a no, it's not, but it's funny, like, you know, when a player comes in and they put up, you know, I think he had almost 200 fantasy points, I believe, in his in his first season, like, and you know, he didn't even, even play in all the games, so he, he would have had over 200 had he played in every single game. Um, and so we thought, oh, okay, he's going to come in and, and obviously, you know, make a huge leap from there. Um, and he kind of did a little bit. He basically did about what we thought he would in, in year two, even in that, that weird 2020 season. Uh, but he regressed this year down to wide receiver 25, I believe, or 26. And uh, and with Wentz, maybe he sees a little bit of a boost. I, I just don't think he's ever going to get there and be that wide receiver one that I think a lot no. of people were projecting him to make that leap into. Because it is funny, though. He, he is entering the uh, what is typically the apex of wide receiver careers. So like he's already somehow uh, 27 years old uh, for this upcoming season uh, just because he was like a really old uh, rookie when he came into the league. 
Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see what happens to his dynasty value if it is that he doesn't absolutely smash uh, with Wentz at the helm this year. So yeah, I might already somehow be looking to sell high on uh, Terry McCoy. If he does, even if he has great success early on, I, I think I might be looking to move off uh, just given the fact that people are going to panic the first time Wentz has a bad game. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you there 100%. And of course, I'm very frustrated that McKissick is back with the the team. Yeah, you mentioned that. Antonio Gibson. <laughs> oh my gosh! Holy cow! They, we don't have to spend any time on that. It's just so frustrating that McKissick didn't didn't leave. But I guess that's part of free agency as well. Yeah, but, for sure. Bummer. Anyway, running backs. Let, let's hey, go through. A why don't we? Why don't I mean, we hit a commercial break real quick? Yeah, let's do that. Hey, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast. I wanted to let you know that the podcast you are listening to right now is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I can speak from personal experience and tell you that if you or someone you love is struggling with depression, they're dealing with anxiety, talking to somebody about it can make a huge difference. And that's what BetterHelp does. Within 48 hours of signing on with BetterHelp, they'll match you with a professional therapist. These therapists have a broad range of expertise that might not be available where you live. This is a worldwide service that's easy to use, allows you to get matched with a therapist that you can communicate with. You can send messages, get thoughtful responses. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You can talk through anything that you need and BetterHelp is committed to facilitating therapeutic matches that can give you all of the benefits of traditional offline therapy. They want you to start living a happier life today. And I believe that talk therapy is one of the ways that you can do that. Visit their website, www.betterhelp.com forward slash reviews to hear and read some of their testimonials. Again, you're going to want to visit BetterHelp, Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And we have a special offer for Rotoviz listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash Rotoviz. Can't recommend how important and how helpful talk therapy can be. So please check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, that was one heck of a, seg- a segue there. You basically <laughs> just went, hey, 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 you think we should do a commercial break? Yeah, let's do it. 
<laughs> we should just do that every week. Just, yeah. hey, now if you want to do a commercial? Cool, let's go. All right, anyway, good talk. But we're back at it with some running backs. Uh, and really the running back, uh, yeah, the whole situation, like there's not a whole bunch of guys that are super intri- intriguing in, in new places, I guess. You know, like if you look at look down the list, I uh, people could talk yourselves into getting excited about Chase Edmonds or Raheem Mostert, maybe, I guess, for the Dolphins. Um, good for Edmonds, you know, coming out of Fordham, making it through his rookie uh, rookie contract and uh, finding some success as a receiving back. I still think the Dolphins could actually add some help in the draft. I'm not super excited about either of those. I, I wanted to get excited about whoever was going to be with the Dolphins, but I can't really get there. Uh, with either of them can you I mean like Edmonds may be a back end running back too but uh, any upside beyond that for you well see for like real life football I love this because I, I think both these running backs are super fun like Raheem Mostert's so lightning fast like this is these are fun yeah. moves right but uh, they're just going to eat into each other uh, too much and then of course we know like Tyreek is there now um, which could help but it could also like what are they going to do with the like, does he become a part of like the the short passing game to to help offset yeah. some of the running stuff? You know, so yeah. there, I mean, that's there's basically what Jalen Waddle was last year. He was like right. the, the extension of the running game, like that super low a dot. So I don't know. So yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But to your point, not really excited. I'm not I'm not reaching for either or any really any piece of Miami's offense. I probably will not have. Which is sad because I mean. It could actually be really good. I mean, like with Tua, he's got a bunch of weapons around him now. So I mean, if any, maybe if anything, he makes a like, Josh Allen jump. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yeah. be gambling. On that. I actually like Tua. I don't, I just don't think he, he makes that top, you know, tier one jump. I he could finish around the back end of uh, quarterback ones, given what they just surrounded him with. But yeah, I'm not super excited about any of the other uh, pieces in that offense. Really, besides what this does to really boosting Tua up. Uh, but running backs besides that, I mean, I, I don't really – do we really think that, you know, Tevin Coleman, who's, you know, back there, uh, again, uh, Amir Abdullah, Amir Abdullah, I guess, is with the Raiders. Like, that, that's <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Matt Breida is with the Giants. That's that's a cool handcuff option, I guess, for Barkley. Damian Williams is with Atlanta. I think he gets completely replaced in the draft, don't you? Like, Damian Williams, I know he was a fun story back with the Chiefs, but – I mean, I thought Atlanta was. Bring in somebody else. I thought Atlanta was going to address the running back position in last year's draft, and they didn't. You would so think. I don't know if they're thinking Cordell Cordero Patterson is the answer there, and they've like unlocked some new way of utilizing freak athletes. I'm not sure, um, hmm. but yeah, I'm not. Regardless, I'm not all that interested in Damian Williams. Like we said, that offense is is likely going to be atrocious. Uh, so, so yeah. I I do kind of like Matt Breida because uh, Saquon Barkley has not really been relevant for a while um and even last year we saw um other running backs get some get some time and get some decent production so so matt Breida maybe is interesting the one name that i think is interesting is is rashad penny um signing a one-year deal with seattle for decent money chris carson uh, had that big injury last year it's still kind of unknown what they're going to do with him they could save some money on the cap if they cut him i wouldn't be surprised if they do that if they do i do anticipate they'll add um, a running back and probably way too early in the draft because that's how they roll. <laughs> that's how they um, roll, yeah. Yeah, but they do have those two. Uh, I think Travis Homer is still there. Um, they do have other guys that they like. Uh, Rashad Penny, I think, is a winner um, for right now. 
uh, Chris Carson to me is someone that uh, pennies on the dollar and I'm, I'm willing to move him, even though I love the guy. I think he's a great athlete, great running back. I just don't think, uh, I think it's kind of shifted to back to Rashad Penny now and we'll see if he can kind of salvage a career that never really got an opportunity to take off until late last year, like a former first round pick. I mean, uh, yeah. he was, he was drafted ahead of Nick Chubb. <laughs> Let's not forget that. <laughs> I will uh, never forget that. I was gonna say I, I'm never gonna forget that. Like in, in a class that was really good. Like he was the San Diego State running back. Uh, yeah, was was taken first. So interesting decision there, Seahawks. But, <laughs> yeah, mistakes uh, were anyway, made. <laughs> mistakes were made. Uh, hopefully they learned from those. Uh, but wide receivers. So there are a ton of wide receivers in new spots. We already talked about Mari Cooper. We did mention Tyreek Hill just in passing there. You did anyway. Uh, it's funny looking at his career because he, he's he been like a top two or top three wide receiver in most categories for like five years in a row. Uh, thankfully, that's been tied mostly to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that, it's been amazing. He's He and Travis Kelsey have been two of the top five-ish receiving options of any kind in the league uh, for five years running. But with the Dolphins, they just fed a bajillion targets to Jalen Waddle underneath. Like, do we think, like, what's the, what's the, the peak for Tyreek Hill now in this offense with the weapons surrounding him with uh, obviously a little bit of a downgrade at the quarterback position? You're being sarcastic when you say a little bit, correct? Uh, just yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> so I have sarcasm um, just yeah. right there. I uh, I I I have a few Tyreek shares, and I'm sad. Like this is definitely a downgrade. Like the, you, going from Mahomes to Tua is a downgrade. Uh, going from Andy Reid to whatever they're doing in Miami, I don't remember who their new coach is, uh, but it's a downgrade. Um, so uh, yeah, Eric Bieniemy. I, I I'm 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 disappointed um, that it happened for fantasy output. Um, I don't, I don't know if Tyreek Hill finishes as a top ten wide receiver this year. Yeah, which is crazy because like over the last five years, like he's averaged the fourth most fantasy points. Um, and it, it, out of the players who have actually been in the league for that entire span, it, it's the second most fantasy points. I mean, like the guys who are ahead of him are Devonte Adams and in shorter stints Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in terms of average PPR output. Uh so would you have who would you been, rather have Tyreek Hill, yeah. Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase this like, year? Yeah, up for the net for next year who Oh, I mean I'd rather have Jamar Chase, I guess. Yeah. Like, and like then, either one of either one of the the Jays over yeah. Tyreek. So like Tyreek sure. Hill like I mean and that's not even, yeah, so like he's 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 taking a hit. He is, and I, I'd rather have Devonte Adams, even though he's in a new place with a yep. lesser quarterback. Like a, a guy, another guy. Speak. I mean, this is perfect segue here. But like another guy who definitely saw a downgrade in quarterback play. But why I'm still interested in Devonte Adams definitely over Tyreek Hill is that I think Devonte Adams is head and shoulders uh, better than uh, anyone there, uh, and. He's going to connect with his former college quarterback and Derek Carr. By the way, the last time that they played together, uh, they had two seasons together at Fresno State, and they connected for 38 touchdowns in those two seasons Love it. at Fresno State, which is just 
bonkers. Like Adams had 24 alone in his final season there with Fresno State with Derek Carr. So it's fun. That reunion is going to be a blast. And I think he's going to have uh, 1.7 uh, quadrillion targets in uh, that offense this year. So I, I think that, yeah, I'd have easily, although all those three, uh, I think a handful of other guys, we can, we can, uh, Cooper Cup, we, we can probably expect him to maybe not be, uh, you know, uh, an all time season uh, again, I guess this year. Uh, but I think he's over Hill. I, I mean, I, I, I could probably name another half dozen guys I might even consider over Hill now that he's with the Dolphins. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm right there with you. Uh, the Jaguars, of course, made a bunch of moves. Um, Christian Kirk getting a getting a bunch of money. And then they also added, yeah. you know, Zay Jones from the Raiders. So, you know, Devontae yeah. Adams doesn't have to worry about, you know, fighting fighting for targets from Zay. Um, and then Laquan Treadwell is back with the Jags as well. Obviously, and, the biggest move was getting Laquan Treadwell. <laughs> yes. Uh, LaVisca, there, there's talks that he might end up in Kansas City now. I don't know if that actually happens, um, but LaVisca is also currently with the Jaguars. Um, but yeah, interesting, interesting moves. Uh, they also added Evan Ingram, uh, the tight end. So so the Jaguars, what do you think this does for uh, Trevor Lawrence? Do you think this year is kind of like a big deal to see if he's the truth? I mean, he is the truth. Like there's uh, people that don't believe in Trevor, Trevor Lawrence just – they obviously don't pay attention at all to uh, college football because um, he's been the truth since he was like 16 years old. Like uh, there's just not really a, a debate. Like it's just the Jaguars are going to Jaguar and they're going to ruin anyone and everyone's career that they possibly can, because that's the whole purpose of their, their franchise. It's I was wearing my Jaguars careers. hat earlier today, by the way. Oh, it's, it's ruined careers and uh, you know, <laughs> and, and sink all their fans into a, a never ending depression. Uh, that's that's the entire purpose of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, although, you know, I will say they are super rabid fans. Like, I know we probably have some listeners that are, are Jaguars fans, and they will find you on Twitter, and oh, yeah. they will eat it's your the soul if they can. Uh, and it's hilarious. Like, as a Titans fan, they, they think that they're Titans rivals, but that hasn't been – I mean, that, that that's like a minor league team. Kind that's, of, that it's like since – it hasn't been the case since Mark Brunel. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's been like a dozen years at least. But anyway mm-hmm. – Christian Kirk, that contract wasn't as bad once the, the official numbers came out, but it was still a bonkers contract for what he's done. Uh, but uh, I, I think they're at least trying. Um, Evan Ingram has a drop problem, but he's actually a really good tight, tight end other, other than that. So uh, getting Kirk and Ingram was a bit of a redundancy, I guess. Um, but I think Travis Etienne, uh, healthy there, is a, is a good thing for, for them. They're obviously trying to get him some weapons better than they had last year. So I think... And they're trying to shore up the offensive line as well. Exactly. So I think they they make that leap. And at least Trevor Lawrence makes that leap. As a franchise, they're not going to because they don't don't know how. But Trevor Lawrence, I think it's a good thing. And uh, I think Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram see see plenty of value to to make them uh, decent options um, at their position. I'm not really buying uh, into Kirk, really. I don't think he's going to be a 130-plus target guy. Uh, I think they're just going to spread it around in a super annoying fashion, but I think this really helps uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, at yeah. least it you know gives him a few other viable options. I mean, uh, one player they won't have to worry about uh, fighting for targets with is DJ Chark. He went to Detroit. Uh, you actually uh, kind of like this move. I do. Um, I think initially it might 
uh, ding him because I think Amon Ross St. Brown is a legit wide receiver one for them at this point. Um, but I do think after the Lions get annoyed with Goff or they just replace him flat out uh, in the draft with Malik Willis or something, I think that there will be spikes in DJ Chark's value uh, given the hype that comes with whatever quarterback is after uh, Jared Goff. So, and really Jared Goff has a history of actually boosting two wide receivers out. And so if, if there's going to be a second receiving option, you know, it's probably TJ Hawkinson, but if, if there is somebody else outside of Hawk and Amon Ross St. Brown, I believe it's Chark. Uh, so I, I think that he's completely dead to many in the fantasy community, but I think uh, his death has been greatly uh, exaggerated. Yeah, no, I think that's good. A uh, move that I really liked, um, we haven't seen where Odell Beckham is going to end up. So we've got Cooper Cup, who you just mentioned, and now he is accompanied by one Allen Robinson, who uh, also a former Jacksonville Jaguar uh, and most recently a Chicago Bear, um, most productive as a Jaguar. I'm excited to see what he could do in this offense. I actually want to try to acquire as much Allen Robinson as I can. Uh, we've seen that there is a lot of, uh, a lot of fantasy goodness to go around. Cooper Cup can't catch every touchdown. Uh, so I'm I'm actually really excited about this move for Allen Robinson. And um, yeah, Matt Stafford with, with him is going to be, I mean, no excuses anymore, right? Like, let's see what you can do with one of the better quarterbacks in the league. You know, if, if we keep on joking about him getting better and better quarterback play. And uh, when it's all said and done, you know, I think uh, Justin Fields is going to be, up there for you know him in terms of being like one of the best quarterbacks that Allen Robinson got to play with, but Fields was still just growing into himself, growing into the NFL last year. It didn't but start I, the whole season either, <laughs> exactly. But what what do you think uh, Allen Robinson ranks in like the last five seasons in terms of like his average PPR finish? Not like wide receiver, or whatever, but like overall, like the most fantasy points per season in the last five years. I don't understand the question. So, like, what position, wide receiver, well, I guess it is wide receiver, what in uh, fantasy points per season has he been in the last five years? Uh, I'm going to go with 15. Uh, it, it's close. Um, wide receiver, 51. Holy shit, really? Yeah, uh, in terms of his average PPR per season. Yeah. That, that's so why do we been. hype him up every year? You know, what? based off what he did a few years ago at this point, like he was crazy good there for a couple of seasons, but uh, he's really dropped off uh, in the past few uh, and has struggled to find consistency. So it dropped his average PPR output to like 150 uh, PPR per season, which is not great. It's actually below guys like uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, guys like, Jeez. yeah. Uh, that's probably the worst one on paper, but like Golden Tate has even averaged more, and he wasn't even really in the league yeah, uh, last wow. year. Uh, and so you know, Brandon Ayuk, who we kind of dropped off there for a little bit, Rob, Robbie Anderson has averaged more points than him. Wow. So in, in terms of the seasons where they actually played, so um, yeah, not great. So he better do something, otherwise he's dead. I've seen a lot of people uh, moving significant. Uh, Rookie pick capital to acquire him already. I've gotten a bunch of questions surrounding him, just assuming he's going to plug and play. Um, I would rather wait for a, a sell high window where he does actually boom 
in season and then get mm. even more because a lot of people just assume, oh, he's going to be that wide receiver 15-ish kind of guy. Like me. Yeah, exactly. And he's not going to be. Yeah. This is why you have me on the show so that you can be like, this is what your average football fantasy football player does. And this is how you take advantage of them. <laughs> yeah, that, absolutely. I'm glad you finally figured it out. Yeah, oh it makes sense. Oh. Yeah. But the guy who just left L.A. and joined the Tennessee Titans, Robert Woods, I do like the fit because he's one of the best like run-blocking wide receivers. I don't really like it for fantasy football because I don't think the Titans afford enough volume going sure. around at that position. It's going to be A.J. Brown, and for real football purposes, it's going to be great. The Robert, Robert Woods is there. He's going to have a few boom weeks. Mm-hmm. That'll be a wide receiver one for you three or four times this year. Good luck figuring out when those weeks You'll, he'll win some people some money on DFS on those boom games. Yes, you know? he will. And he will win nobody anything in season-long right. leagues because you won't know when to trust him. Uh, because of, you know, like they just brought in Austin Hooper, too, to try to upgrade the uh, tight end position. So I, I think it's going to be uh, kind of frustrating for anybody not named uh, A.J. Brown. Um, and even that uh, is not necessarily uh, a given to be a super, super high volume uh, based ceiling. Uh, but I, I do want to, before we just close out with a few tight ends, uh, just talk about, <laughs> talk to me about like what you're doing with Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Marquez Val- Valdez-Scantling, and of course, uh, the, the real star there now, Corey Coleman. Yeah, I mean, Corey Coleman's a, a longtime <laughs> favorite of mine. No, I think it's interesting because um, now that Tyreek is gone, I mean, um, Demarcus Robinson is gone, Byron Pringle is gone. So it's not like they just lost Tyreek. They lost yeah. um three quarters of their wide receiver crew. Um yes, it's a Kelsey show now, but it's gonna be Kelsey and Juju Smith Schuster. Um Miko Hardman, we'll see. Um MBS, I think MBS's role is going to be similar to what it was with the Packers where he'll have a couple boom games, but I'm not gonna count on it. But I think Juju Smith Schuster uh ends up walking away a winner here. Um, especially with Tyreek leaving. I was not excited about Juju Smith-Schuster. We've done some, we've had some conversations around how um, it's Tyreek, Kelsey, and then pretty much nothing in Kansas City as far as a wide receiver yeah. two goes. There's not much value there. Uh, so it didn't matter if it was uh, Robinson or Hardman, but now it's Juju Smith-Schuster um, and... Kelsey, and unless they add some significant capital in the draft, which is of course possible, um, if they don't, yeah, Juju Smith Schuster is a guy that I I would love to have on my roster. Probably too too pricey at the moment to go trade for though. Yeah, and I will say uh, MVS d- did have um, some decent money handed to him, but it's not really wide receiver one obvious money at all. Uh, neither is Juju's, I don't believe. Um, so maybe you know they add some help and uh, the real wide receiver one. And joins them later on. But I think, given the fact that Juju's actually been an elite receiver before, um, and his, his production dropped off when, obviously, Antonio Brown left, and then the ghost of Big Ben, or the zombie version of Big Ben, I don't know, the guy who's basically falling apart for the last two seasons, um, it's really hard to produce in that situation. You're upgrading to Patrick Mahomes, like prime Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so I think th- this is a great opportunity for Smith-Schuster to find that high-volume role again. MBS is going to be that great, you know, hey, uh, that 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 really tall, lanky, fast guy is down there somewhere, and Mahomes just chucks it for a big score uh, here and there and a big drop here and there. Yeah. Uh, 
but uh, I really am, am pumped because Juju Smith-Schuster is seriously somehow just 25 years old at this point. Yep. Uh, he's, and so it's just uh, there were there were always going to be conversations about like, can you believe that this Juju's still only one year older than this incoming rookie, and we're still having those conversations I know. now. Uh, he's <laughs> he's just 25 years old, so still plenty of time to enter the prime of his career. Uh, and what better way to do that than with Patrick Mahomes Absolutely. as your quarterback? Yeah, for sure. And they'll add some they'll add someone else, I imagine. But it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see what they can do. I think, um, you know, I don't think Andy Reid cares so much what the position is. I mean, we're still going to see Travis Kelsey uh, utilize as a huge slot wide receiver a lot of times. <laughs> you know, like there's going to be, um, there's still going to be plenty for him, obviously. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, one other kind of, um, I mean, we, we mentioned Russell Gage going, uh, we're leaving Atlanta. He's with the Buccaneers. I don't know if we really need to talk too much about that. I did want to hear your thoughts on the situation in Dallas with Amari being gone. They gave Gallup some money and then they brought in, you know, speaking of Pittsburgh, uh, James Washington is also no longer with the Steelers. Uh, he is now with Dallas. So just, you know, a couple seconds uh, of your thoughts there. James Washington was one of the best deep threats of all time in college football history, averaging like 21 yards per reception and just dominating for Oklahoma State. A lot of people thought he was going to be the wide receiver one in his class for a while. Uh, that wasn't the case. He did get day two capital, but never really got a super volume heavy role there for Pitt. And so I think he could be a super fun boom bust uh, flex option that I'd be trading for. Um Right now, I don't even care if you have, have to pay up a little bit more than you did a few weeks ago, which was, you know, nothing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm really intrigued just to see how much uh, annoying volume he can sap and touchdowns he can sap <laughs> away from Gallup and Lamb because I like none of those guys. So, yeah, I, I would be trading for the cheapest option in best ball, stacking him um, just to get some cheap weeks. Yeah. And cheap production. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. Let's hit some of our favorite tight end. Moves. I think my favorite tight end uh, move was um, Hayden Hurst going to the Bengals. I'm a longtime Hurst fan. I was kind of bummed that Pitts and did end up in Atlanta last year because Hurst Hurst was so was just kind of fun to own because he was always kind of cheap. Uh, now that he's in Cincinnati and uh, we have um, Uzama leaving, um, he could see some pretty decent um, target share. Um, of course. They do have three really great wide receivers in Cincinnati, so maybe it is uh, not enough. But I, I liked it from an NFL perspective, and I like it for my Hurst shares. It's it's better to be moving out of Atlanta uh, to Cincinnati. Um, the pie will be bigger. His slice might be smaller. Yeah, I think that, I mean, for tight ends, you really just, it's it's a touchdown or bust for most people anyway. So if he can get any volume whatsoever, I think that that might be a decent decent spot for him, even with all the wide receivers there. He's I'm going to go into the Jets is interesting because they the Jets targeted the tight ends fewer than any NFL franchise uh, did last year. And that was mainly because their tight end one was Ryan Griffin, which is, believe it or not, not a character on Family Guy. So, uh, yeah, he's a real person that played in the NFL last year and started for the Jets some. Uh, so, Izama, he missed some time with injury, but he's actually a decent tight end. I think that would be sneaky. If they don't add a tight end in the draft, Izama could be really fun um, as kind of a go-to option there for a young quarterback uh, to, to you know kind of hit in the flat and just get some cheap 
PPR, uh, you know, Zach Ertz kind of production. That would be kind of fun. But besides that, I mean, what? Gasicki franchise tag. David Njoku, franchise tag. Dalton Schultz, franchise tag. A lot of guys that we thought could go elsewhere uh, just are, you know, they're just coming back. Um, but I really. Yeah, Ertz, I, I love Ertz Dalton is Schultz. staying with Arizona. Yeah, Schultz, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so many guys. But well, I and Jarwin, because Jarwin's gone too, right? Yeah, and I, that was, well, that was never going to happen anyway. But uh, Schultz is a guy I really liked even back uh, in his time at, at Stanford. I was kind of surprised when he dropped to round four. And mainly it was it was due to his lack of top-tier athleticism. It made made sense uh, when he didn't test super well at the combine that he dropped a little bit. But I was really glad to see him uh, get an uptick in targets and opportunity past couple seasons. And, uh, you know, shares that I've held on to since like, you know, 2018, you know, finally panning out. <laughs> uh, so that, that's been nice with Schultz because in the past two seasons, how many tight ends do you think have more fantasy points than Dalton Schultz? Oh, I know not last year as much, but the year before he was amazing because Blake Jarwin got injured that first game of the season. Schultz stepped up and and was really productive. So uh, he's got to be pretty, pretty high up there. Yeah, actually, Schultz was even better last year. He had 189 uh, PPR points last season. Uh, they're the only guys who have more fantasy points than Dalton Schultz at the tight end position in the last two seasons, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller. End of list. That's crazy. Yeah, he's a decent tight end. And guess what? He's younger than Travis Kelsey. He's younger than Darren Waller. Uh, he's around the same age as Mark Andrews. I think he could be in that elite tight end tier for a long time, and he's not priced like that right yet. Right, right. I mean, I even think about there, there's guys that have more name appeal, like a Hunter Henry type um, that has not been near as productive. No. And I added a bunch of him all over the place after the 2020 season. And thank goodness, because holy cow, it's gonna, he's going to be really tough to acquire once he starts producing yet again this year. Uh, and as he you know grows into the prime of his NFL career, it would be really fun to see him just kind of emerge. I don't think he has the uh, athletic upside to kind of dominate uh, at, at Travis Kelsey level or uh, uh, you know top end, uh, perfectly healthy George Kittle level, I guess. But uh, he could be a guy that is a middling tight end one for quite some time, and, and that's perfect. Perfectly fine for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Gerald Everett uh, recently signed with the Chargers. Um, not all that noteworthy, except that I had kind of, I had acquired Donald Parham on the cheap last year in a couple of leagues, and I was hoping maybe he would have a chance, but uh, most likely won't uh, with Gerald Everett coming over. And then I was a little disappointed with what Seattle's doing again. Uh, Will Disley got signed for decent money, and then they also acquired. Noah Fant in that trade. We already have a, a drop in quarterback play. Um, it's just going to be an avoid situation for me, which is too bad because Noah Fant uh, was looking like he could be a lot of fun to to have in, uh, in fantasy football. And now I'm just not sure it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably all the time we have. I think we covered about 50 different players. Yeah, that's more. good. Um, so in about an hour. So there you go. Lots to take away. If you do have any questions on any other players from this free agency frenzy uh please do reach us on twitter uh i am travis may uh, you can find me at ff underscore travis m uh the other guy here is stefan lico you can find him at stay fun lico l-a-k-o on the twitter machine 
Uh, before we go, Stefan, anything you want to, any parting words, parting wisdom for our uh, faithful college to Canton listeners? Hey, Bronco country, let's ride. Sorry, that's Russell Wilson's <laughs> new, instead of his go Hawks, that's what he does. And it's so oh cheesy and I love it. <laughs> oh, man, we really, we should just cut the podcast right there. Like just, just end it. It's like <laughs> oh. no further explanation. We're done. Just peace out. Like right there at the end of it. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so perfect. Well, anyway, catch us uh, next time. We'll be talking about uh, a lot of rookie content here, here soon. We're actually probably going to do a mock draft again with everyone's favorite uh, podcast frequent guest. That is Matt Wispay uh, here soon with myself and Stefan. And then we'll get to uh, some spring game goodness uh from the college football circuit and then we'll be right back at it with some rookies again here for you all over the spectrum college football nfl all the best players that's what we do here at the college to canton podcast but until next time you guys take care and look forward to many more episodes here of the college to canton podcast <laughs>